0: Today, we're discussing leadership, and that leadership is ultimately not about them. It's not about the people that you lead. It's actually solely about yourself. And I'll start this off with a term called K-A-Z-E-N. That's K-A-I-Z-E-N. Have you ever heard of that word? Do you know what it means? Do you apply it to your life every day? If you're like me, a few months ago, I had no idea what this term ultimately meant. But as my studies continue, and I get more intrigued with Japanese philosophy, Kaizen ends up being a term that loosely translates into never-ending improvement. And in my opinion, never-ending improvement is actually a must- I believe it's what we are put here on this planet for. To continue to grow and evolve. I believe it's our soul's mission to continue to process through things and become a heightened sense of self. And so the drive that you may have to consistently reach the next rung of the ladder and consistently make more money, I believe is completely natural. The drive that you might have to have a better body, right? more muscle, be quicker, be a little more lean, whatever those things would be as far as a better body to you, I believe it's something that calls us from the inside that is coded into us. I even believe in relationships, man and woman. I guess it could be man and man or woman and woman. We are wired to keep striving for the next best. And by the nature of that, it can make long-term relationships difficult. Because if two people are not communicating efficiently, refer back to episode one, all of a sudden the grass seems greener because there's a new conquest or new amount of attention or new something. Because what we have is no longer new. We're not striving for something greater in that relationship, more than likely. And so when our attention strays, we're fighting our own internal DNA and hardwiring. But I digress, as in my opinion, success on the outside is really success from the inside that has manifested itself into an outward picture. I mean, think about that for a second. How profound would it be? In wherever you're at in any business, whether you own your business, whether you're a salesperson in a business or a C-suite executive in a business, instead of worrying so much about creating the new environment, going to the next new training, getting the next new manual, doing something of that capacity, what if you started looking at it that you must improve your inner world today and tomorrow and the day after? I mean, think about that for a second. Think what happens when you do that. What are the ways right now that you could improve your inner world? I work with executives and salespeople and business owners all over the world, and we start every time with what goes on in our mind. What are the stories that we tell ourselves? Where did those stories come from? Do they serve us? Do they not serve us? Do we want to get rid of them and replace them, or are we going to let them hang on? That's the quickest way to start altering your internal world, coupled with new belief systems, new processes, new structures, new habits that put us or put you first. You see, all these things that I just discussed at a super high level, of course, can go into much greater detail, but understand it's all some sort of basis for self-mastery. And that self-mastery ends up being the absolute DNA for your life's mastery. Every person I've ever come across wants a better life. Don't care if you're a five-figure earner, six-figure earner, seven-figure earner, or eight-figure earner. You want something greater. It starts with self. It starts with the way you talk to yourself. Like right now, what are the labels that you're deciding to wear around? What are those things that you wear like a badge of honor for what you've been through? I'm going to encourage you, we have to reframe and stop those labels. Labeling yourself with things such as ignorant, uneducated, weak, sick, fragile, tired. My friend, those are just simply not true. Those are mental states. See, I know for sure the ones who express their lack of understanding and seek instructions... On how to change their lack of understanding Are the ones to find the path to a greater life and enlightenment first Instead of saying that so fancy What if you just asked better questions? What if you got clear on the noise in your head And what if you began to ask better questions of yourself And those people around you Without the fear and the shame associated with admitting You don't know an answer That simple shift completely changed the trajectory of my life and now hundreds of other people's lives. And it starts between your ears. See, that change, the ability to change what goes on in your mind to start with, is the most powerful force in the world today. But there's a pretty solid chance you fear change. I know I used to fear change. I know clients fear change. We are pattern-based creatures. We are used to consistency. More than likely, you take the same path to work every day, eat or drink the same things, go to bed at roughly the same time, say hello to the same people, have some of the same conversations, listen to the same podcast, do the same thing over and over and over again. Change is scary because change triggers your amygdala to find things that are potentially going to harm you. And when that happens, everything in life that hasn't went exactly like you wanted it to go prior to this moment, trigger a new neural pathway in your amygdala that says, stop, don't go forward. Stay right there. There's danger around that curve. Don't go up to it. And so the fear coupled with the previous pain that has existed in your life of not getting a desired outcome, keeps you stuck exactly where you are. My friend, I'm going to encourage you right now to begin to run right towards the change. To start embracing it with widely open arms. You see, I don't believe you should ever be apprehensive to ask even the most basic question. Because it's from that place that you and I are able to grow to morph, to evolve, and to change into the next best version of ourselves. The things I share with you, I'm only able to share based off of asking questions, reading books, and paying people to teach me. That's how this works. What I find so interesting is we will pay to go to college. You and I will pay to go. And at 18 years old, we're expected to pay for that, to go and ask a bunch of questions, in an environment where we don't have any idea what's going on, or even if we want to do what we're going to school for. But the minute we leave college, right, we're done, put it behind us. The majority of people in the world, perhaps you, feel embarrassed then to ask questions. It's like you think because you have a degree, you're magically supposed to know all the answers. What would happen if you decided to go a day and ask every question you could to every person acting as though you didn't know any answer? What would be different? You see, self-improvement and consistently changing your personal improvement are the best things that you can do for yourself, period, point blank. It's the best investment you can make. I don't know right now. Well, that's not true, Ryan. I mean, we can, I can invest in the stock market and get ten percent return. Maybe even fifteen on a good day. I have no doubt you can, my friend. But what happens if you invest in yourself and you grow your skill set, and you become more efficient, and you have more free time, and you're able to grow and scale your business at a quicker rate? Wouldn't that return be exponentially greater than fifteen percent? I mean, what has a higher return on investment than the work you're going to do on yourself? I don't know of anything. Because I get to be me for the rest of my life, just as you get to be you. When we own that part, it doesn't matter if the businesses come and go. It doesn't matter if the friends come and go. The family comes and goes. You get to be yourself forever. Start investing in yourself. And in order to do that, there's a very solid chance you're going to have to drop the quote unquote, I'm too busy for something like that and replace that I'm too busy with I'm not important enough, right? I'm not important enough to ask a question. I'm not important enough to read a book. I'm not important enough to invest in myself. Doesn't that instantly make your stomach turn? Doesn't it make you want to change the way you show up for yourself? I mean in a parallel universe, let's say the best training course in the world, something that will light you on fire, something that will take you from 10 grand a month in personal income and almost with complete certainty get you to 40 grand a month. Let's say that costs you $5,000. Man, I don't I'm only making 10 grand. I don't have 5 grand borrow it, beg for it, put on a credit card. In that situation, your return is so much higher because for the rest of your life, you always know you can make $40,000 a month, but yet you don't invest in yourself because you can't justify the minuscule expense versus return on investment. I get it because change is scary. But see, change becomes less scary when you make time for yourself and you hold time for yourself. Your character is changing into one that is filled with discipline, energy, power, and ultimately optimism. From this place, you begin to actually create the outer world you desire. Right? Just by holding time for yourself, just saying, I'm going to spend an hour and a half every day reading and then applying what I learned. But let me ask you another series of questions. There's part of you that wants to own or lead a business, right? There's part of you that wants to have something greater than you currently do. Maybe you already own a business. Maybe you're a salesperson and you own your own business inside of a business. How could you lead your business if you can't lead yourself? What did you do this morning to lead yourself? What are you doing right now to lead yourself? What are you doing to lead your family? I know this pain all too well. It is my exact story. At the point in life where money was flowing more rapidly than ever before, back in the days of seventy dollars to $100,000 a month income, as I was partners in a web hosting company based out of Akron, Ohio, life was different. I was eventually put into a leadership role. I became president and CEO of the company. But from that place, I never held time and space for myself. Of course, that was difficult to do, having two to four girlfriends at a time. Of course, it was difficult to do as I was not telling the truth consistently. Of course, it was difficult to do because it was against the patterns that I had already established. In my mind, I'm quote-unquote so successful, why would I need to do any of those things? I wish I would have done them back then. Maybe I still would have had that money. Maybe life would have taken me on a different path. Maybe there would have been an even heightened sense of success. But then again, I wouldn't get to be here right now with you because I didn't do those things. And I didn't realize the power of what goes on in my mind. And I didn't realize the power of putting myself first. You see, I didn't have the courage that it took to do something like that in today's world. Because it takes courage. Most people don't live that way. When you try to find people to share it with, of I'm going to start reading or I'm going to do this or will you hold me accountable to that, they look at you like you are crazy. My friend, if those are the people that surround you, kindly kick them off the bus. They are not going to get you to where you want to arrive if you are listening to this show, downloading the resources found on optimizedlifeshow.com, and applying the things that work for people all over the world. If you're doing that, and you have people that are making fun of you for going down a new direction, kick them out of your life. You have to keep guard over the garden of your mind. You have to shepherd the investment that you're making right now and not allow people to derail you. Those simple conversations are what increase the negative self-talk in your mind, which is another thing that's keeping you stuck. You're going to need courage in order to move to where you want to arrive to. But the best part about courage is it's actually something that can be grown and cultivated. No matter how much or how little you have, it is a skill that can be amplified. See, an internal amount of courage, something that you own as a flag or a badge of honor you carry around with you, it actually allows you to run your own race, to do what's right at all costs, because you know it's right. That courage allows persistence in the face of resistance that will have claimed everyone around you. And what i found is that courage ends up being directly tied to the amount of fulfillment that you have in your life. The more courageous you are, the more fulfilled you feel. Have you found ever some extreme athlete that doesn't seem to be incredibly fulfilled? Think about the skydivers. I think about people that work with dangerous animals. They seem incredibly fulfilled because they had to master their courage. And see, when you master yourself and you master your space and you master your time, those things together increase your mastery of courage. And that mastery of courage and the mastering of self, space, and time applies to the trilogy of human endowments. If you've not heard that before, it's mind, body, and soul. To improve your mind, right, by reading, but without improving your body so you can actually execute on what you read, would be a complete tragedy to improve your mind without improving your soul so that you can do it from a place of authenticity and love would be lackluster at best see you must raise all three equally that whole, that saying a high tide raises all boats well you have three pillars here mind body and soul and each of them needs to be raised proportionally you can't get them out of alignment without feeling out of alignment. I need to ask you another question. Think for a second, if you would, when the last time is that you truly, truly pushed yourself. And let's say it's an arbitrary example in which it's a physical activity, right? And you're working out with a trainer and the trainer has you doing squats, just air squats. right? Nothing crazy he says, okay, squat, do 50 air squats all the way up, all the way down, squeezing your glutes the entire time. And you do it and you get to 48 and you get to 49 and you're, you feel like you're going to die and you just barely squeeze out 50 and you want to collapse. And then he pushes you to do 10 more. And you say, you can't, I can't, I'm done. I'm done. He says, no, no, no do 10 more right now. We're not leaving until you do 10 more. And you somehow will magically muster up the courage to do 10 more. No different, it's going to feel different, but ultimately no different than the stories of incredible heroism when a child is pinned beneath a car and a mother somehow musters up the strength to move the car up high enough to pull the child out from underneath. Now, in all intents and purposes, that mother does not possess the appropriate amount of stress to lift a car up enough to slide a child out. But when pushed and given no separate opportunity with no other path to success, she's able to give a little bit more. There's a zone of unknown that she entered in, and once she's been there, or you have been there with the squats, you will have gained something new. So you actually grow the most when you enter your zone of unknown. Being pushed past your ease and then ultimately your comfort, that's where all the growth sits. right? You're comfortable right now living your life, having the patterns, doing the things, getting up at the times you get up, not reading or not doing what you say you're going to do. You are comfortable. In order to grow like you want to grow, you're going to have to push outside of that comfort. You're going to have to shift. The best people that I've met and I don't mean quality of person, I mean holistically the best, the ones that are always driving forward, the true beacons and mavericks of business, they're always striving for this place of growth consistently. It's like a weird thing they're all wired to do. They have to keep pushing the boundaries. They have to keep seeing what's possible. They have to keep exploring and asking questions. I've seen it time and time again, that the only limits that you have in your life are the ones you set for yourself, right? I have an incredible client, an incredible, incredible woman out of California. And when I met her, she had a a massively successful multi-level marketing company. She knew where she was going. She was steadfast in what she wanted. I want to become the next tier in this company. I want to, I want to grow more. I want to do more. I want to impact more people beautiful. We can do that. All right. The system that I have, the proven methodology can take you from where you're at and increase your growth by three, four, five, six, ten 10 times of income. It happens consistently every week. And so she tells me this and my system of methodology applies to this. So I know it's going to be successful, but as we work together, there's some underlying currents when we clear out the cobwebs of her mind. And she realizes that she's actually playing small, staying inside of somebody else's company. That she wants to make a larger global impact and it's going to require her to push. And in the meantime, just for good measure, why doesn't she write two or three books to help move people's perspective of what's possible, including a children's book? And so she does. She completely pivots. She gets massively uncomfortable creating her own business while writing books, while being a mother of three and a wife. And she does things that make it completely unrecognizable to those people that are around her so much that she is auditing her circle the same way I'm sharing with you. There's people that she has had to cut out because they were talking nonsense in her mind. You see, you're going to have to start tapping into the physical and mental reserve that you have in your body. There's, there's another gear that you have, and just when you find that gear and it becomes a driving gear, you'll find another there's almost endless and you can tap into it as you become more and more prepared because life ends up favoring the prepared mind. So I believe it's important to begin your day by preparing your mind for everything that's about to come. I'll walk you through exactly how to do that right now. You're going to start by making a list. You can make a re- list of all the things that are holding you back. Let's say it's public speaking. Let's say that's a thing that just, man, I could do. I would be a better salesperson if I wasn't so down on myself, if I wasn't so afraid of who I was. I'm afraid to speak out loud. You're going to have to be brutally honest with this. It's going to make you a little uncomfortable. That's how I know it works. This worksheet that I'm discussing is found on optimizelifeshow.com. Simply enter your information, get access to completely complimentary resources. None of these are charged for. There's no sales funnel. You can't even buy something on the site if you wanted to. If you would just apply what I'm sharing, your life will change. I promise you. You see, now that you have went to OptimizeLifeShow.com, you've printed off the resources, you're starting to fill this out, now that you have your list, you're going to have to face the things that you don't like, that you're afraid of. You see, fear ends up being nothing more than the mental monster that you've created. It's a negative stream in your consciousness. Let that rattle around for a second. Fear isn't real. It's a mental construct that you have created to keep yourself safe. Every time you slow down and you let fear cripple you, you add more fuel and power to its fire. You don't believe me? I'll prove it to you. All of this is created in your mind. Think about a child right now, a little baby. A little baby can be on a high couch, right? Just crawling on the couch, looks over the ledge, will just jump right off. Fall, hurt themselves, do whatever. Not afraid of anything. Fear doesn't exist touch a hot stove, put their finger in a light socket. There is no fear. They would probably crawl into a wood chipper if you allowed them. Until we condition fear into people. And in some places, fear is perfectly healthy, like the wood chipper. Cultivating that fear properly and greatness ends up being insured. But when your mind is filled with negativity... It ends up being guaranteed a life of mediocrity. There is no experience on this planet that is inherently painful or pleasant. It's all how you think about it. That same baby, if you and I worked hard enough, and we can say child doesn't have to be baby, you could convince them that anytime the sun comes out, it's a really bad day. That they should cry, they should be sad, that we don't go outside and play in the sun much the way we do with rain. You could do something comparable with a puppy. Puppies are mean and vicious. Stay away from every puppy. And that lions are the thing we should do. Your fear is a conditioned response to life. If you get enough power, it will suck all the energy from you. The only way to stop this from happening is to do the thing you fear And do it often. Your mind is meant to be fearless. I assure you of this. And when you begin to know yourself from the inside out and truly explore the bounds of who you are in your consciousness and what that even means, your mind becomes even more fearless. And when you become more fearless, you actually end up looking younger and more vibrant. Your cells actually know it's happening. It's a process called epigenetics, that the voices you tell yourself in your head of if you're sick or if you're tired or if you're lethargic or you don't have energy or you're afraid of everything or what if, what if, what if, it makes you more tired, makes you less vibrant. So the opposite of that would be you would have more energy if you had less fear because your mind and body are very intimately connected see, the truly incredible people that I've worked with, the people that make a massive impact in the world, who share deep happiness every day, are consistently also putting off short-term pleasure for the sake of long-term fulfillment. They tackle their weaknesses and fears head-on, pushing into the zone of the unknown, even when it's uncomfortable. They're consistently improving themselves and leaning in. That's why they work with someone like me. That's why they read. That's why they skydive. That's why they hop in the ocean with sharks. Because they want to see. They want to push. They want to explore. They want to get uncomfortable. You have to change yourself before you can change your life. You can't change what's external until you change what's internal. I can assure you, the happiness you seek will come to you through the progressive realization of a worthy object. This means you're going to have to step outside your comfort zone and change is uncomfortable at first. It always is. It's always the same thing. I'm incredibly fortunate to get to spend time with some incredible individuals. I've shared that a couple times today. And what happens is, as we're spending time together, we start creating systems and processes and habits that are customized to their life. It's based off their life optimization test results and and how that looks and what we have to do to reframe things. It's not a one-size-fits-all equation as far as daily habits and rituals. If you're curious about what that is, hop over to lifeoptimizationtest.com. The test has morphed and grown and evolved and is now down to 150 questions and will take you less than 25 minutes to complete it, but give you a completely unique insight into what goes on in your psyche and how to actually make changes. You see, the clients, they all feel nervous. They all get uncomfortable. They all question, like, why do I have to do this thing? I, I don't want to do a cold submersion today, Ryan. I don't want to be underneath 35-degree cold water. I don't want to do this. Doesn't make any sense. And so they fight it while we're on the call. Then one thing leads to another, and of course, they go ahead and execute on it because they know if they execute on it, their life is going to change. And if their life changes, it progresses forward. And if they're afraid of cold water, now they're not anymore. They're uncomfortable and they're okay with some discomfort because they know growth is on the other side. You can start pulling this off, even if you just spend 10 to 15 minutes a day working diligently on yourself. And I found an incredible way to work diligently on yourself. It's with the proof proven protocol. And that's not even with me. It's actually with the humanpotentialinstitute.com forward slash optimize. See, the Human Potential Institute is founded and ran by an incredible individual named Dr. Mark Atkinson in conjunction with Dave Asprey. And what happens inside of the Human Potential Institute is unlike anything else. It's training modules and procedures to make you uncomfortable and push the bounds of what you believe to be possible. If you want more information, the best way to find it is head over to humanpotentialinstitute.com forward slash optimized. And for more information on that and everything we've covered on this show plus every show before and every show that will come after, head over to optimizelifeshow.com And download the commentary resources. Join the Facebook community that's so clearly available on the site. That's where more chatter, more conversation, more growth happens than anywhere else. But I want to share with you some things that are incredibly impactful. You're going to want to take notes right here. This is something that matters, this is something that changes lives, this is something that's proven. And it's not something, it's some things, plural. There are actually 10 direct steps to pulling off meaningful and impactful change in your life, and they are yours complimentary if you listen to the rest of the show. The rest of the show is admittedly going to be broken into two extra parts, right, this show and another show. There's so much here. There's so much wisdom and knowledge that's coming. There's so much change that's in front of you if you simply listen and apply it. What I'm going to ask you to do is start by setting aside one hour a day, one hour a day of uninterrupted time as it applies to the rule of 672. That's 30 days, 24 hours in a day, 30 days in a month, 672 hours total. I want you to take one hour a day and set it aside. So if you're telling me you don't have time right now, you you think right now I don't have time. Bullshit. That is just a story, my friend. That is just something you tell yourself. Get up a little bit earlier. Stay up a little bit later. Be more efficient with your lunch hour. I promise you, you are worthy of an hour. If you still don't believe me and you're tuning me out, let's say you're a high-performance car. right? Your body is an incredibly complicated machine, far more complicated than a high-performance car. But that high-performance car we can put a dollar value on. We could say it's a million-dollar car. There are certainly million-dollar cars out there. But much like that million-dollar car, you are well-oiled and highly sophisticated. Admittedly, I believe that your mind is the greatest wonder of the universe up to this point, and it's capable of feats that would completely shock you. It's way more sophisticated than the simple car. But if you had this car and you were driving it, you probably wouldn't run it with your foot all the way to the floor, all the way on the gas pedal, non-stop, all day long, every day. At some point, you'd have to take a pit stop. Right, of course, whether it's filled it up with gas or just let it cool down or take a break. You couldn't run it all out for every minute of every day. But yet, you're telling me that's what you're doing to yourself. So you must take a pit stop, my friend, and let yourself cool down. And that motor that thing in between your ears, that brilliant mind of yours needs time to cool down, which actually jumps into the first act of this growth. And that's a mandatory period of peace and quiet every day and a minimum, absolute minimum of 15 minutes. This to me is the pit stop for your soul. See, that level of solitude and silence actually connects you to your creative source and releases the infinite intelligence of the universe that's inside of you. Now, we don't have to call this meditation, but let's talk about this just for a second. You wake up in the morning. More than likely at this point, you use your phone for an alarm clock. It's the majority of clients I help out. And so when you shut off your alarm, it's almost like your instant inclination is to check and see if anybody texted me last night. What emails do I have? Ah, did anybody post anything crazy on Facebook that I have to know about right now? What about Instagram? Maybe there's some good pictures I need to see. And magically, just like that, your brain is off to the races. It got the rest period of when you were sleeping, but now it's just back engaged. What if you didn't do that? What if you shut off your alarm and you committed that whatever you do next, you do it in solitude? You get quiet in your mind. That for a period of time, you don't do anything additional other than being present in the moment. So your mind is a big lake. At least metaphorically speaking. You want it to be calm and smooth. I don't know about you, but I don't really want to be on a rough lake. And that calm and smooth will end up bringing well-being, inner peace, endless energy. And you can make the lake of your mind very calm. And it starts by just getting quiet with yourself. This should be done in the same place every day. Somewhere you can enjoy it. Somewhere where you can relax for a moment. Don't tell me the excuse right now. I can't do this in the morning, Ryan, because if I do it, I fall back asleep. My friend, go to bed earlier. Or just suck it up for a couple days until you stop falling back asleep. It'll be worthwhile. Maybe instead of sitting inside your house, you go outside and you connect with nature for a moment. You see, I believe you should walk outside barefoot every morning, even just for five minutes to reconnect with the ground. It's actually a term called grounding. Take your socks and shoes off, walk around outside, maybe even sit down in the grass for a minute. Just be quiet and realize what's all around you. It's an incredibly impactful thing when you think about it. I'm going to encourage you to make that part of your morning ritual. No different than Act 2. And Act 2 is caring for your body. Because as you prepare your body, you end up preparing your mind. Remember, they're intertwined. They both work synchronistically. Epigenetics, again, is a very real and tangible thing. You see, but... I know in order for you to maximize your capability, in order for you to really dial into the mental processing power that you have, you're going to need to take some time every day to have a level of vigorous activity and exercise. Vigorous. This doesn't mean walking, right? This doesn't mean, oh, well, I did a couple squats and I feel good. This means vigorous. You should sweat. You see, there's 168 hours or so in a week. You can dedicate 2.9% of a week to the very thing that you need to stay alive. Your body. It's only five hours a week. 2.9%. Think about when you were in school. If you got a 2.9% on a test. That's all the amount of time I'm asking you to dedicate to your body. And I proved to you that it will work if you spend some time having vigorous activity five days a week for an hour. That's it. That's all. It can be yoga. It could be fast walking on an incline. It could be lifting. It could be CrossFit. It could be boxing. It could really be anything that works up a significant sweat. Get your mind out of the gutter. We're talking physical activity in public where you work up a real sweat. Because if you don't sweat, it just simply doesn't count. If you say you go to the gym and you work out and you haven't perspired, it did not count. How could you go work out and not perspire? You must get your heart rate up. Your lungs will end up being opened up and filled with new air. And to breathe properly is to live properly. You can 2 to 3x your energy simply with the way that you breathe. See, I want you breathing to thrive, not breathe to survive. And there's a good probability that you've just breathed, you've just been breathing to survive. And I get it, right? Of course, we have to breathe to survive. But what if you altered that? I'm gonna share it with you. The best way to do it is take two minutes right now and breathe deeply and efficiently, which is also effective. You do this by taking your hands and cupping them and putting them on your stomach. Really set them down right there. Like take your two middle fingers, connect them, right? Push them against each other. And then line that up on your belly button. And then breathe out. As you breathe out, your belly should move out slightly. Just slightly. This is filling up your lungs with air and pushing out through your belly. Do this consistently for a few minutes and see how it goes. Once you get control of this, you should actually be taking five full breaths a minute. Just for right now. In, hold it, out. There's a a terminology called box breathing. Take five seconds and breathe in. Hold it for five seconds. Exhale for five seconds. Stay void of air for five seconds. It's a 20-second breathing cycle. You do that four times through, maybe five. You'll start to feel different. You'll have a heightened sense of alertness. But let's jump into act number three. The third thing you need to do, and that is eating to live, not living to eat. In modern day society, especially here in the U.S., there's a fast food restaurant. There's something that's not good for us basically on every corner of every road all across America. We have become incredibly lazy looking for efficiency in the worst ways possible, Even our grocery stores are filled with junk, high-processed, high-trash garbage that we have been preconditioned from a young, young age to put in our mouth and begin to crave the way it makes us feel. We have to stop that, and you should stop that right now. A poor diet is certainly going to be an inflammatory event for you and will cause discontent in your life. That level of discontent ends up draining your physical and mental energy. It alters your mood. It prohibits your clarity. See, as you nourish your body, you nourish your mind. If you have low energy, it's time to get real and answer yourself, are you putting poor, low-octane fuel in your body? When you say, no, no, I I eat pretty well. What is pretty well? Did the fried chicken, the Diet Coke... And the french fries, is that pretty well if you only do it twice a week? The argument could be made, certainly. But if you're lethargic, slow, inflamed, your knees are back hurt, your hands swell up, you lose mental acuteness, I'd encourage you to stop eating that way. See how it feels. Exercise some willpower. Consider eating a more natural diet. Things that are created through a natural interaction with the sun, with the air, with soil, and with water. Essentially, I'm not encouraging you to be a vegan or vegetarian, but make sure every meal that you have, every plate that you fill, has fruits and vegetables on it. A lot of them. This is the diet that nature had to have intended for us. Not eating things out of a can or out of a box, or out of some sort of plastic wrap. I'm talking about if you could go outside, you could pick it from the ground, you could pull it from a tree, or you could stab it with a spear, that should go in your mouth. Everything else, I'd have you consider leaving it alone. But certainly, above all else, in modern-day societies, we need more greens. We're just not eating enough. I mean, if you like meat, keep eating meat. I'm not going to tell you the meat is bad. Just make sure the meat is high quality and it's combined with fresh and leafy greens. That helps ease the amount of energy the digestive process requires. And the digestive process, just in case you were curious, is the most energy-consuming process of the entire body. Eat a salad with every meal and have fruit for dessert. Do that. You will change the way you feel. You'll have more energy. You'll have more mental clarity. Your skin will clear up. Your inflammation will decrease. Your joints will feel better. I don't care what ailment you might have. I don't care what your desired outcome for your body is. If you do those two things, you'll start to feel better. You're going to have to do them for more than a day, though, or a week. This is the rule 672. We're talking 30 days minimum here of consistency. The fourth thing, act number four, is to be a lifelong learner. But remember, as you're doing that, that learning is not simply enough. Right? Knowledge is potential power. Consuming it does not work alone. I'm going to prove that to you right now. You probably know what you're supposed to do in any given situation, or even in your daily life for that matter. And if you don't know it, you can Google it, right? Pull out your phone. All of us have a phone, type into Google, ask the question, boom, there's an answer. Even when you know it, there's a good possibility, a heightened probability that you don't take the consistent required action to pull off massive change. Don't allow this list of things that I'm encouraging you to consider doing slow you down from actually doing it. You see, by executing what I'm sharing with you, your productivity will increase and so will your effectiveness. Saying you don't have time for this stuff is like saying you can't back up your computer because you're too busy working on it. You simply need to get your priorities dialed in and your focus straight. It's a requirement. That's how this stuff works. You simply need to recalibrate what's important. Don't allow the bounds and ties of your schedule to hold you up. You created the schedule. I don't even care if you work for somebody else. You determine when you get up. You determine when you go to bed. When you truly begin to invest in yourself and you raise your mind, body, and character, you will start to feel feel immensely closer and more connected to your higher self, your own personal navigator that will help you execute with greatness in every aspect of life. One of the most incredible ways to do this and to keep tapping into that internal higher self, right the godlike self that you and I both have, is to read for 25 or 30 minutes a day or until you find the gift from what's in your hand. And then if you spend a little time to apply the gift to daily life. But you must be selective about this material. It must nourish your brain and your soul. You can't read trash. You see, books are meant to be studied, in my opinion, not really meant to be read. You should be able to take time and enjoy the teachings, really mull it over, consider them, work with them, become one with the concepts. I'd even encourage you to read books several times over. See, I had this all wrong. It's, it's not about the quantity of books that you read. It's about the quality of retention that you have. I can assure you of one thing, every answer to every problem you could ever face is in print somewhere, everything. All the mistakes you could possibly make in your life have already been made by somebody else and they've already been written about. I want to share with you the list of books that I truly believe to be life-changing. They're massively impactful and they're going to be included in the show notes of this episode. I don't remember the exact number, but it's certainly above 50. So there's something on there for everyone. It can be found at the optimize at optimizelifeshow.com There might be on this PDFs links to the books that I recommend. Amazon links. If there are, or if the updated PDF has them eventually, I want you to know, I will get compensated if you buy a book from that link. I have an Amazon affiliate account, and so if I recommend something, I could get a portion of some percentage or some sort of Amazon reward points that could eventually stack up and turn into something. I don't care if you buy from the link or you want to take the hard way and type in Amazon yourself. Either way, once want you know that I could be receiving financial contributions from you clicking on the links. See, when you read enough, with enough passion and enough focus, you'll see that the books don't actually teach you anything. It's an incredibly unique phenomenon. They just help you see what's already inside of you. It's like when you read this new concept, you're like, man, that's brilliant. And they think to yourself, like, how do I already know that? I knew that at some level inside me. It's because he did. The idea of the collective consciousness is a real thing. And because it was written by someone else that is connected to you, there's access to the knowledge that's already there. Which ties us into act number five, the fifth thing you should be doing on a daily basis, and that's getting to know yourself and know yourself very well. You take time to reflect on yourself and your personal day. What went on? What were the wins and losses? Take time to get to know and explore your hidden talents. When you know them, you can grow them. I'm certain you have them because we all do. When you know them and you explore them and you own them, it makes you stronger and more at ease with yourself. You need to get in the habit of consciously thinking. The majority of your life is on autopilot. Your subconscious or the program running in the background makes most of the decisions in your day. We've been wired for efficiency, and that's just what we do as human beings. You're thinking enough just to survive most days, as crazy as that sounds. I don't want you to survive anymore. I want you to thrive think about how your day starts. The alarm goes off, you don't even think about it. You get up, you shut off the alarm. You might grab your toothbrush, you might use the restroom, you might then hop in the shower, you might go downstairs and make a cup of coffee. You grab your book bag or your laptop case or whatever it is, you head out the door, you put your key in the ignition. All these things you don't really think about anymore. Your life's on autopilot. We got to start thriving, not just surviving. In order to do that, spend 10 minutes each night in silent reflection of the day, considering your actions. Did the actions of today propel you forward or keep you stuck exactly where you're at? Once you become clear with this, once you write them down and think about them, you can begin to eliminate, consciously, the stuck behaviors because you become aware of them. Take a true inventory of your day. It's going to seem hard at first. It always does. Because we just move from one thing to the next with little intentionality. Drop your excuses, my friend. This is your life we're talking about. The only cure for excusitis is to take action for yourself. And the action that you need to take is taking inventory of your day. Then you need to take action to commit to a plan to remove the negative patterns and behaviors. Do this right now. Pause the show. Take inventory so far. Go to the download the PDF and it'll help map you help map this out. Think about it. Like, what did you do when you woke up? What did you do when you got ready? When did you leave the house? What did you do? What did you think all the way through your day? Then, what would you do differently if you could go back and do it all over again? And be brutally honest with yourself. Did you rush out the door and not remember to kiss your husband, wife, son, daughter, kids goodbye? Did you not get up on enough time to eat breakfast? Did you not read? Did you waste time on social media? Did you look at yourself and say, man, I wish I, wish I wouldn't have done that? Be really honest with yourself. Because i got a surprise for you. The things you wish you did differently today, you can actually do them differently tomorrow. Once you take inventory and knowledge of what you would have changed that you messed up or didn't do as appropriately as you could going backwards throughout the day, when you wake up tomorrow, you can implement those and your life starts to change in a moment. You are actually living in a perfect world right now. And you actually have a perfect life. You just don't see it because it's out of control. You have the power to control your day. You have the power to control the positive and nourishing thoughts in your mind. You have the power to live your dreams. It's all right there. Make your mistakes, as we all do, and make them quickly. And they're making them quickly learn from them quickly and then take quick and decisive action to not repeat them. The only thing wrong with a mistake is to do it consistently over and over again.